Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The campaign is Our Ladies of Sorrow. It was written by Kevin Ross. Our game master is Alex Sun, and this is episode four. Our recap will be given by Nell Hipple as her character, Antonio Argento. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Nell? June 17th, 2009, Wednesday. I'm glad to see my friends uh, once again, Brewster, Milton, Brenda, and June. It's like the reunion of the Scooby-Doo gang. However, events as of late has shaken me to the core. They went up to the upper floors. I stayed behind because I'm a tenant. However, the memories of that night are muddled. I remember wishing them luck. Suddenly, I was punched by Brenda in the face. Blood poured from my nostrils while I exclaimed the Lord's name in vain. Brewster pointed out that I could have used the fire escape to go up there to scare them. How could I? Even if I wanted to, I wouldn't use the fire escape. I have a limp. Lastly, I wouldn't do such a thing to my friends, especially with a serious matter like this. That moment, I am convinced I must have been possessed. We all retired that evening. However, I saw that woman, the old crone again, when I was washing my face. I recited a prayer, Samuel 22, 3, 4, to cast the demon out, or at least I hope so. I had to break the news to Laura that we need to move soon, even though this apartment is all we can afford for now. I assured her that it would be the best for the kids. Another strange event occurred the next morning. The desk that Brenda and I pushed into the elevator, um, it changed into a coffin and someone or something attempted to get out while the elevator was stuck. I called for maintenance to get us out while Brenda placed herself on the coffin. She fearing for my soul and my friend's soul, I prayed as loud as I could until we got help. I was done. I took Laura and the kids to see their grandparents at North End. I savored that moment of peace. We all grouped up eventually at Dunks. Brenda, Milton, and Rooster went to an occult store where Kurt's uh, girlfriend got that death moth. It turned out that the person running the place is a hippie banana, in Rooster's words. He also pointed out that in Milton's dream, the name, uh, Tenebrarum, I'm not really sure, was mentioned and it means one of, one of the three mothers. Fortunately, June knows someone at a more specialized bookstore, while I can call up Freddie, a friend of mine at Miskatonic University, to aid us further. Seeing we barely had any leads, Milton called up the author of the book, Richard A. Hearn, since he read it. The conversation went very well. I pray we all get more answers and not become possessed again by this demon. Thank you. So, as Andy has said, it is Wednesday, June 17th. It is the afternoon approaching the evening. Puddles of water have started to pool on the streets because of the recent rain. And you have decided to split up in your journey. Some of you are going to the bookstore, and some of you are heading back to the apartment towards Mary. Rooster in June. You're heading to Jerry Nagel's bookstore, correct? Yes. Okay. Now, it's a place in Prudential, uh, the Prudential Center. So... It's only a short distance away by train, and you get there without a hitch. The bookstore itself 
is messy. Now, Jerry Nagel, you can see him at the counter. He's wearing this gaudy green suit. He's got greasy, slick back hair, a crooked nose, and he's typing away at his computer, most likely bidding on books that sell for a higher value from his reputation. So what would you like to do? Oh, what are we looking for again, June? Something on uh, the three sisters? Yes. And let's see. There was mention in uh, mentioned in our notes something. What was it? Lavana. Our Lady Lavana and Our Ladies. Tom De Quincey, Lavana and Our Ladies. Yeah. So these yeah. these are these are definitely going to be in the occult section. Right. We can start looking there. I don't like the look of this guy. You know, my friend said he's kind of shady. Yeah. Maybe shady guy has shady books, and shady books are what we're looking yeah, for. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Well, let's just wander up and down the stacks and see that what we can good. find. Yeah, is there okay. like an occult section? Yeah, there would be. As you head deeper into this bookstore, it's it's dingy. It's dark. He's typing away on his office, paying you no mind. And I'd like you to make some spot hidden rolls for me. Twenty-six is that's a failure. Twenty-six is a oh, that's a hard. Okay, so June, your attention is brought towards these paperbacks. They're all at premium prices, way overpriced. However, Rooster, you actually see that a door to the back storage area is ajar, and looking through that. You think you recognize some of Frank Ryder's things, his possessions? Well, if the door doesn't say forbidden, do not enter, I go through. Oh, it says staff only. Oh, I'm going to push the door so that I don't see the. Uh, I've put my hand on the sign. I okay. should open. Excellent. Some of his possessions, like not his books, but like the stuff we saw in his apartment? Or That's like correct. Books. What? The hell is this? There's yeah, you can see thing. some of his rewards just like packed up in some of the boxes, some of the books he's written, some of his first editions that you didn't take. Do you think Kurt gave those away? Maybe. But this I looks mean, like the stuff you didn't give to him. Well, I mean, does this... Well, I mean, maybe maybe the landlord. Maybe the landlord just, just dropped it off, you know? I mean, like, dude, the guy didn't have any family. Maybe. Um... I'm just going to go ask. Uh, so I walk back down the stacks and Can I walk I help you. Uh, yeah. Um, so we came uh, looking for certain bits of occult. Uh, we recently lost a friend. He passed away. Um, oh, that's sad. Yeah. Uh, what's weird is that you've got part of his collection in your, uh, your back room. He, he straightens up. Well, um, the owner of the apartment building tasked me to sort through all of those and ah. appraise them. Ah, so that's how you came to have them in your, in your store. 
Did you see anything interesting? I didn't think there was much interesting. We've actually already gone through them all. We were we were there out the day after he passed away looking at his stuff. I don't think you'd understand, sir. Oh, no? No. Maybe not. So you're an expert. Um, That's we right. Are look, we, are, we are looking for any kind of occult text that deals with uh, the three sisters, the three mothers, uh, Lacrimarum, uh, Sisperiarum, and uh, Tenebrarum. Without acknowledging familiar? you, he turns back towards his computer, minimizes all of the bids he uh -huh. has on different websites, on different tabs, pulls up uh, Google, and he, oh, actually, he pulls up his database and searches through that. And he finds, and he turns back to you after finding that, yes, he does have a copy of uh, Our Ladies of Sorrow by Thomas de Quincy. Oh, excellent. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's gonna it's gonna cost you. That's a, that's a rare one. Do you do? You, where is it? Oh, I think uh, I think it's in my glass case. Oh, it's one of the rare glass books. case. Let's take a look. Of course, he stands up, gets his keys, goes up to a glass cabinet, and it is there. One hundred and fifty dollars. Hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, is it a large volume? Is it? Uh, no, it's it's pretty. Would you mind if I examine it? Um, I can't allow you to do that, sir, unless you bought the product. Well, I'm not going to buy the product unless I can take I can examine it. I can assure you, it's in the best condition. Well, what about? Lamana. I've got this. Maybe yeah. we can strike up some kind of deal. You know, if there's some other book. Does the name Lavana mean anything to you? That's the, the that's the title of the book, ma'am. Oh, Lavana and Our Ladies of Sorrow. I see. I don't know. I you know, I'm willing to spend that kind of money. It's just I. Uh, you seem like you're a little reluctant to let me look at the product before I do it. So we'll we'll go. Did did okay? Did we actually look up other bookstores in the area? Yes. Look, listen, Rooster. Let's just go to Big Time Books and More. Okay. Like all right, we'll go. This check. guy's obviously not going to let us look at this stuff. We're not going to bother with this. Okay. So. You head over to Big Time Books and More. Oh, which wow. is... we were just using that as a tactic to get. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> I, I, I thought you were. <laughs> My bad. Then, in that case, I'd like a persuade or a fast talk roll. Eighty-three. <laughs> Actually, that would be fast talk. Oh, I've only I've only got five in fast talk yet. Oh, yeah, that didn't work. Uh, uh, one more thing as I'm walking out the door. <laughs> uh, so I take it that you won't be purchasing this copy? I think we can probably find it at Miskatonic University if we head on over there. Good luck. Probably. Why, you think it's that rare? Oh, Isn't yes. Quincy a, a fairly famous author? Look, you could have it now, or you can drive up all the way to Arkham Country. 
Oh. How about a hundred bucks sight unseen? Okay. Fine. Um, let me get some of the forms because you do have a genuine first edition. And he walks into the back into the employees only area. The door closes behind him. Jerk. Asshole. He's gotta make money though, somehow. I thought I thought yeah, I guess so. tricking him into He took the book with him. Did you say that? No, it's still in the case. Oh, it's in the case. Yeah, I'm not gonna like open the case. If he had like we're left not, it on the counter, thieves. I would have like, rifled through it. Yeah. No, I was just gonna see if I could have a look at it while he was busy, but oh. I'm not gonna open up his case. Yeah. Yeah, two minutes pass. Still hasn't come back out. So what's he, he doing? Taking a here? dump or something? Hello? No response. You know, we really are very busy. If we could just hurry this along. Wait here for a second, Shun. The smoke oh, no. alarm starts going off. I'm gonna <laughs> go back there quickly and uh, and uh, open up the employee door. Okay, so he's in this tiny employee area and he is, and smoke hits you like when you open this door because his possessions, his books, all of that, they're up in flames and it looks like he's been just set on fire. Uh, um, I'd like you to roll sand, please. 79 is not pass. All right, so it's going to be a D4. Rooster, what, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's set himself on fire. What? Shit. I, I'm calling 911. There is a key ring on his belt. Um, his burning body. I, is there part of his body that's not burning like his legs? Can I drag him out of there? Try to put the fire out? Yeah, you definitely can. And as you, and you're going to enter the, the room now that's filled with smoke. Uh, yeah, down low, you know, like they say, yeah. get, get down okay. and crawl. So what happens is you get down low next to this, this musty brown carpet and you look upward towards this body, right? And uh-huh. his shadow is not right. It starts to float outward away from his body and into another dark crevice. And I'd like you to roll Sam again. Fail again. Okay, so that's gonna be one. One point. My one god! One my god! Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying. Yeah. I'm trying to call. Yeah, you're, you're calling nine one one. Yeah. They're, they've noticed. They're right, coming. Excellent. You managed to drag the body out of the burning back room. What would you like to do now? I'm I'm yelling for June. Grab the book. <laughs> Get out to the car, and I'll I'll deal with the police when they get here. All right. Is the you said if it's in a glass case, I'm gonna like try to break it with something like another big. I, I throw her the keys. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, yeah. sounds good. Uh, now I want you to roll luck, June. 
Sure. As you do that. Uh, no, that's failed. Okay. So you unlock the case, you take the book, you look up, there's a security camera. <laughs> no time to worry about it. I'm just running. Uh, right. No, actually, oh no, everything's on fire. I wouldn't. I was gonna say I'd take some like cash and like throw it down, but everything's on fire now. All right, you you run out. Uh, meanwhile, there's there's sirens eventually as a fire truck pulls up, as police cruisers pull up, and I'm assuming you get to a safe place, Rooster. Uh, well, no, I'm actually going to wait for the police. Yeah, safe place out of the burning building. Oh yes, yes, out of the, out of the fire. <laughs> Down on All the right. street. And out on the street is Ron Paris. This is, uh, he's the police detective Ron. that you've seen once in a while. Rooster, what's what's going on? Dude, we came down here to find a particular book that the bookseller is selling. Uh, we were about to make a purchase and he went into the back room you can check the video we were just sitting there waiting forever and finally i went to check on him and he was on fire like he committed suicide or something all right well i'm gonna have to take your statement this of course is, you uh, have to take my statement bad luck two for two now you're here it just seems to be where yeah bad luck is right all right okay well, you're going to be occupied with that. Yeah. June, you managed to run off. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Let's move over to Milton, Andy, and Brenda. As you are heading over to the apartment, uh, Brenda's got her car, so she's driving over. On the drive there, the sun begins to set, basking the city of Boston in an orange glow. And she's waiting at this, this stoplight. It goes. It's a normal drive. Who's in the passengers, the front passenger seat? I think uh, Andy would, because it is his apartment, so... Sounds good. Okay, then you can give me a spot hidden roll. All right. Nope. Failed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you think you see the old hag in the rearview mirror, but just a glimpse. Must be a trick. And you're thinking about that until Brenda starts see, uh, screaming out that she can't see. She can't see, and she's driving down this street as her eyes have started to uh, turn all black, and they start glistening in the light. Uh, uh, Brenda? The car is accelerating. She's freaking out. Oh, oh, oh. Milton, Andy, what oh. are you doing? I would like to. Um, yep. Uh, I would like to grab the steering wheel if I can lunge for it from the back seat. If it makes sense with the layout of the car. Yeah, you definitely can. 
I would say that's a dexterity roll. Uh, yeah, that's a success. Okay. Uh, that's actually an, uh, uh, that's an extreme, actually. Oh, wonderful. Okay. So you grab the steering wheel. It jerks to the side. You hit the uh, curve as you, as the car heads over, careening into the sidewalk. Fortunately, no one's there. Now make a luck roll. Liter uh, success. Success? Okay. Uh, so there is a crash. Only, and I'd like everyone to take a D2 of damage because of your expert reaction speed of grabbing the steering wheel. Unfortunately, the car has dashed itself against the building, uh, especially the, the driver side. And there's a horrible just snap. And screaming. Brenda is screaming. Her legs don't look good. I'll, um, uh, Milton, uh, how about call, call 911? I'll, I'll stay with Brenda. Hopefully I can call calm her down somehow. At least stay with her, please. Okay. Yeah. So you call the police. They come. Ambulance comes. Brenda's alive. However, she doesn't look good at all. Her legs look messed up. And while while they're carrying her away on the stretcher, she's she's just screaming about this. It's the old woman. And she's saying she still can't see. Who's riding in the ambulance with her? Um, I will. Okay. Okay. Right. So you ride in the back with her. Eventually, she, she squeezes your hand, Milton. I return it. Right. One of the paramedics says, after he's done the, the, all he can, does, do you, are, you, are you family? No, just a friend. Uh, do, do you know her family? And you would know that she has a sister uh, named, named Clara. Uh, I, I know she has a sister named Clara. Uh, I, I could I could maybe phone her up. Okay, well, tell her we are heading uh, to Mass General Hospital, uh, the emergency room, and he gives you the information. Thank you. Eventually, Brenda passes out. What would you like to do, Milton? Um, I would like to. I'll call. I'll call the uh, the sister. Hey. Okay. Um. Nathaniel, you pick up because it was a home phone number. Um, uh, this is not this is not uh, the phone of um, um, Clara. Cl Clara. Uh, yeah, no, that's my wife. Oh, oh, I see. Um, I would like to speak to Clara, if that would be at all possible. Some something as as unfortunate as as, as befell befallen her sister, and um, I think it would be good for her to 
to know this uh, as soon as possible. My God, what happened? Uh, it was a traffic accident. Jesus Christ. Was it bad? It, it was pretty bad. And she's in critical condition right now. Is Clara home right now? Out? Uh, yeah, she's in the next room playing uh, on her. Actually, no. She's she's doing one of her hobbies. Just a moment, sir. I'm going to go into the other room, uh, put the landline down, and kind of kneel by where she sat and kind of put my arm around her and, and tell her, you know, I, Clara, I just I got a phone call from an acquaintance of Brenda's, and it's, it's not good news. She's been in a car accident and sounds pretty bad. Oh, oh. She, she looks at you with wide eyes and she says, uh, we, we, we gotta go. Do you, know, do you know where they're keeping her? Uh, I've got the man still on the line. So let me go finish up with him and we'll go there right away. Get the car ready. Okay. So are you still there? Uh, yes. So where are they uh, transporting her to? Uh, Massachusetts General Hospital. Okay. Would you like to do anything else as you're sitting in the ambulance? Um, I think Milton slumps back and uh, with his head in his hands. Okay. And as the adrenaline wears off, I'd like you to roll a sand roll, both Andy and Milton. Zero one. Failure. All right, just one. All right, Andy. Uh, yeah, I got success in my. Uh, no, I'd like to know what you're doing. Oh, I mean, I can imagine that he he is coming along. He's not going to leave his uh, yeah like that. So okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you going to let anyone else know? That's the thing. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, Andy would be texting uh, June and Rooster what happened while we were on our way to the apartment, and also mentioned the uh, the hag. And yeah, excellent. Yeah. All right. So you all get the texts in the group. What's chat. up, June? You're muted. Oh my god. What's wrong? Oh, oh my God! There was a, they were in a, they were in a car accident. Oh my! Oh, they're no. at Mass General. We need to go. They said Brenda's in critical condition. Oh what? shit! Yep, let's go. And we all converge once more. You are in the emergency room. It's a pretty sterile place with fluorescent lighting. You're in one of the the rooms it's the curtains been drawn you're all surrounding brenda including clara and her husband uh, nathaniel pickering now nathaniel what do you look like who are you nathaniel's a man in his late 40s uh, he's tall and pretty lanky and has sort of a shock of blonde hair rather unkempt um, he's got a pair of reading glasses sticking out of his shirt pocket 
Um, he's dressed rather smartly, but his clothing is perhaps a little dated, not quite the mode anymore. Um, you could see that he's got an assortment of different pens in his pocket and he's got a like a notebook sticking out of his back pocket. And, um, and you can tell if you look closely, it looks like, uh, though he looks rather bookish, um, he's got quite calloused hands. Uh, Nathaniel, is it? I uh, spoke with you on the phone. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, well, I wish I was meeting you under better circumstances. Um, but yes, I'm Nathaniel. Your name? My name is Milton. Milton. I, I'm a local janitor, a, a, a somewhat acquaintance of uh, your wife. So I, I understand that she's been in a wreck, but what was, go, where were you going? What was happening? Well, a little uh, hard to explain. Yeah, Clara is currently holding on to Brenda's hand, just trying to keep back tears, but they're going. I'm going to be trying to comfort the, Clara and Brenda and um, just asking, you know, what was there another vehicle that was involved? A drunk driver or what? This is extremely um, this is extremely difficult for me to even start um, speaking about as it is rather intricate and unbelievable in its details. Um, do, do you want a cup of coffee? Maybe we yeah, can maybe we should do this. leave the room and yeah, it's best to let's let's talk about this outside. Maybe give Clara and Brenda some privacy. A few minutes, yeah. That's a good idea. Might I be as, able to ask? I'm oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, as we're going out the door, put my hand on Nathaniel's shoulder and say. Do you believe in the occult, Mr. Pickering? Um, so he's been pretty sullen because of the situation, but he perks up when you say that. And um, why I, yes, I have a PhD in metaphysics from Miskatonic University. Oh, well then maybe that'll help because we, I think most of us were complete skeptics until just recently. Tell um, me more. Takes well, enough. let's... Let's go sit down and get some coffee. Uh, Milton had started. So by the time we sit down, then Milton can take over. So uh, I would like to ask you to start with, um, what has your wife uh, told you about the last couple days? Pretty much nothing. Clara? Uh, no, I don't know anything about what Brenda was really doing. Um, I, Clara wasn't talking too much, just this and that, you know, planning a family reunion one day, but uh, nothing about what uh, you folks were up to. We watched a elderly man be struck by a car while we were eating inside of a diner altogether. And the events that followed that have been completely inexplicable to us all and have led us to believe in rather um, that there's something evil. Yeah. 
what makes you think that? Well, when the the event, this this man getting hit by a car, we didn't all see the same thing. Um, some of us saw the old man step into the street and get hit by a car. Some of us saw an old woman driving him into the, the street. Um, Milton chased the old woman, you know, halfway across town to an old apartment building. I saw the old woman too. My other friends didn't see her. It's like she wasn't there. She was invisible or something. What? I mean, it's a street in Boston. Was it could have just been too busy to notice? Uh, it wasn't that busy. It was, you know, it was. Uh, that's where it started. We ended up at a, an apartment building that uh, Antonio lives in. And uh, I mean, at first we were just being good citizens and, you know, trying to help the police and try to figure out what the hell happened. And it's gotten progressively weird ever since. We've been seeing this old crone, uh, which we've come to believe might be related to the you, you said you have a degree in metaphysics. Do you know anything about the three sisters or the three mothers, Tenebrarum, Suspiriorum, and uh, Lacrimarum? Well, Alex, you either you could either oh uh, what, roll on a cult. Okay. Yeah. Oh, one. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hell of a roll. You yes. did your thesis on them. <laughs> you are familiar Why? with I the concept. The you actually have a copy of Lavana and Our Ladies of Sorrow written by uh, Thomas De Quincey. Well, shit. <laughs> so, question. And uh, you mentioned those things. And uh, so he's taking notes and sipping his coffee and... Did I hear what you just, well, well, I've got something for you back in my shop in Rockport. I've got this book. I, it's all in there. Lavana? Yeah, you know the one. Uh, we just went to a bookstore while they were in the car. We went to a different bookstore. And when we mentioned the book that the guy had, he went in the back room and set himself on fire. Wasn't my reaction when I got my hands on the book, but um, it has lights a, flicker. It's got an effect. Shit. Oh no, Shit. not again. I can't believe you got your hands on another copy. Where did you who had this book? The lights shouldn't be flickering inside of a hospital. Oh. Well. Um backup generator or something. I we think the one that we're actually dealing with is Tenebrarum, darkness, because things are turning dark. We've had lights turn off in the streets. We've had lights in our apartments turn off. And now the lights are flickering here and we're talking about it. We're... And uh, there was that incident with Brenda and I in the elevator where we're moving my uh, fiance's desk and it turned into a coffin for a moment and the elevator got stuck. 
that was these you've been documenting all this well yeah yes. sort of yeah the and lights I... flickering tends to precede um perilous uh events yeah like a david lynch movie uh, a fan as well and um, andy yes andy has been um possessed is what the word we've all decided to use and we believe the same thing happened to your wife leading her to crash her car sister-in-law 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 sister sister sorry sister oh, you know i've been studying this damn near my whole life and now it slaps me in the face like this it's, it's not fair well i'm glad you are excited <laughs> I'm I'm glad that I mean maybe you can offer us some help. We've been not to be funny, but we've been kind of blind by all this weird stuff that's going on. Keep, I keep having these nightmares. Brenda said she had them too. Wow, this is this is a lot to un unpack. But here's what I'm going to do. I've got a shop that I run back in Rockport. I've got a few excellent employees. Oh, what I are you up to run to run things for me? I can take some time and this is going to take me at least a few days to learn what you know and see if I can can help you. Um, I can make some arrangements and stick around instead of going back home. Um, I'm curious, Nathaniel, ever heard of an author named uh, Richard Ahern by any chance? We had to talk with him or Milton talked to him um, the other day. I'm just curious if you know him. I do, in fact. Um, yeah, these pieces are falling into place. Um, what's his involvement with this? Well, his, uh, it's the book. Um, Milton, I read it. Yeah. Paramental something. Yes. Uh, he's an author that I've had quite a few dealing with, dealings with in my research into uh, becomes such a vulgar word nowadays, but paranormal. I hate the stigma. But uh, yeah, I've, I've had some correspondence with him. Uh, he wrote, uh, I think it was the Parental Factor. I think it would only be um, ethical, I suppose, uh, to let you know that people's involvement in this um, situation has been disastrous for them. Those who are closer to this case um, are in more danger, it seems. Well, this is a, some knowledge is a perilous thing, um, though I feel that I've primed myself well in my studies that I could take a calculated risk and become involved in this. Perhaps you should get back to your wife and... Uh... Take care of her for now. Perhaps tomorrow we can meet. Are you going to be staying in town? Uh, yes. Um, so Recommended. Brenda lived nearby somewhere that we can maybe stay at her place. Or... Yeah, you definitely can. Yeah. So, I'm so you're going to head back into the room? With, yeah, uh... I'm going to spend some time with my family and, and you know, just right. rest and settle into that. And then we can tie in later. Right. So you head back in. Clara looks up. She's uh she's a Hispanic woman in her mid forties. Her 
she looks like she just got dressed like real quick, no time for makeup or anything. Um, and she looks towards Milton. Uh, you you called right? Thank you. Thank no you. No problem. I couldn't imagine not doing it. Um. And when you hear Clara, you're like reminded of your Clara. There's another. Yeah, there's multiple Claras. All these coincidences, but none of it's coincidental anymore. Why did that guy kill himself? Why did that guy light himself on fire? And he just stood there. He seemed fine. He seemed smarmy, but he wasn't mentally ill. And, And he just... I mean, he, there was no gasoline or anything. He went back there and just struck a match and lit himself on fire and then stood there and burned. I have to say, Rooster, like they're probably going to call us in for questioning. I'm very sure the camera caught I'm me. Sure, I'm, I'm Stealing sure that will. book. I didn't want to steal it, but it didn't Well, no, you grabbed it, but I'll but just, just tell them. It just, that's it's, why we went there. The, the same cameras will see that we just stood there and waited for the guy. Right. <sighs> Milton sort of spaced out um, and suddenly says, I'm sorry, Clara, for um, calling you so late. Uh, oh, no, don't. You're, you're fine. She, she looks a little confused. I apologize. It was, it was my fault. Um, okay. She takes a seat away from Brenda if you want to do anything there she's kind of in and out of consciousness mumbling things like a bad dream milton leaves the room daniel will stay for a little while um if she comes into consciousness for a little while he'll voice some words of encouragement and confidence and then the next time brenda passes out he'll step out just to give her and the nurses space to do their thing. Okay. And whoever's in the room, when she does, she starts to she mutter. You catch the words Tenebrero. And that's that's it. She's what? out. So I'm going to say Nathaniel heard that. And turns so- the that some of these folks, why? Why would she be saying that? Ten, Tenebrarum, that's the one that we think we've been dealing with. The darkness, the witch. I mean, if she's a witch, it's not really clear what we've found so far. That's why we were after that book. You've read it. We need to read it. This, this all ties back into the that apartment building and Frank Ryder is what uh, it is. Yeah. yeah. Is anyone and, reading Andy, the book? did you guys talk to the old lady? No. No, you were on We couldn't way. because of what has happened. I'm wondering if that old lady is actually tied into this more than we think. She's the only old lady living in the building, and that's where we saw the crone, if we're going to call her the crone. That's where the crone went. Do you think it's her? You know, there's possession going on here. 
I think that if Tenebrarum is a real witch, she might be able to move from body to body. She's, I think she got into Andy. She got into Brenda. I think she got into that dude at the bookstore. She's a destructive spirit. What's going to happen sort. to us, Rooster? You know what? I saw. I mean, the guy was smarmy, the bookstore guy, but I, I couldn't just let him burn to death. I tried to get him out. And I crawled along the floor, and I don't think I inhaled enough, you know, toxic fumes to, to hallucinate, but I saw something black and shadowy come out of him and move into the dark, into the background, into the corners of the room where it was dark. And, and but so, then it was too late. June and Rooster, can you walk me through what happened step by step at that bookstore from the time you opened the door to the time it burnt down? We, we walked through the door. He was on the computer doing book deals. He seemed like the kind of guy who was in for, into the books simply for the making of the money. We, uh, we walked through the stacks. We came back. I asked him about, uh, about um, the book, Levana. He had Frank Wright's writer's stuff. That's true. He Could did. That have any, and he went into the room with all that. Could it be it, like his stuff? It all comes back to that damn apartment building. All he said was that the the landlord, which would be the uh, what's their names, uh, Starla something. I don't. Yeah, that, that they had uh, had him just take the stuff out and take take what was valuable, and um, but well, he didn't like, seem like he just seemed like a dude wanting to make money. Um, he showed me the. The book charged me $150, or I I talked him down to 100 He walked into the back room, and then the next thing we know, he was on fire. I mean, if we're entertaining outlandish things for a minute here, could it be that it's, it's a cursed or something? Something in his, in his possession? I mean, the one weird thing that, uh, uh, what was his name? His name was Milton? Is it Milton? No, that's you. Um, Frank, oh, like Frank Ryder. Yes. No, oh, Frank oh, Ryder. Yeah, the... One weird thing that Frank Ryder had in his uh, collection was um, Acurantia sticks, the uh, death's head moth. Um, so did, what's his name? He had one too. There's a goth girl in the building that uh, named uh, Maddie that... Uh, it's I guess Kurt when Winter. she sleeps with you, she gives you a moth. Yeah, um, it's, it's Kurt's uh, girlfriend. Kurt's girlfriend. Kurt yeah. thinks it's his girlfriend. I think she's everybody's girlfriend. So you asked about the Lavana book. And yeah. the owner of the shop went back into a room where he had uh, Frank's He's possessions and writings and just... He, he said he was he said he was going back to get paperwork to fill up because it was a first edition, he said. And we waited and waited and waited, and then suddenly we could smell smoke and went back there and checked on it. He was just standing there, no smell of gasoline or any kind of accelerant. 
Buscemi and he was on fire with Frank Ryder's stuff. I'm telling you, there's something going on. Do you know why the apartment building might have had all of Frank's work? Well, oh, he, was he told said to that. It. Yeah, he was yeah. given it by the super. Right. Told to appraise it. He's such a slimy dude, though. He probably just keep it for himself or sell it for himself. So he'd, he'd take what he'd tell them what was valuable and exactly. give them that but he'd keep their actual value or lowball them yeah he was such a i mean i'm speaking ill of the dead here and i didn't really even know him but but you know honest to god i i wouldn't really blame him because he's just trying to make a living right and you probably don't make much of a living selling old books unless you get lucky once in a while i mean you sell antiques right nathaniel yeah, you've probably got a gigantic shop full of old things that nobody buys. <laughs> Frank had the name of that book in his diary. I wonder if he had come to talk to this guy before. Well, I wonder if the, I wonder if the book was from Frank's collection. writer's collection. Now, if you were saying that you think that there's something that is moving through people and controlling them. Wild guess. We wouldn't have believed any of this if you told it to us on the street a week ago. Right. But Andy, I mean, you. Uh, yes. Uh, well, um, I am a, a ex-priest. I'm quite familiar with um, possessions. It's just a surprise that I would um, be a victim of that, honestly. Uh, now, if we're going to suppose uh, and just assume that this is something that is indeed possible. Um, Frank was writing uh, quite a large opus, I'd say. Uh, and he was involved with all this somehow. You think that he was involved with this, this, this being uh, often, essentially? Um, he, what I saw that day, he was, he, he and she, came walking in front of the sh of the the diner that we were in and she said something to him and he suddenly looked at her and he said i'm trying to remember something along the lines of it can't be you and he backed away from her in terror and she moved towards him and he stepped into the street and was hit by a, a car he was on to something i think so oh. <laughs> We haven't even given you the history of that apartment building. It's oh yeah, it's wild, hmm. terrible. There's deaths, deaths, multiple deaths, multiple strange things. Happen. The top floor Fire. is burned out, and they never fixed a hundred years ago. It burned, and they they haven't done anything with it. I bet you that in those works in that shop, there was something that probably could have been useful to us. Something that she didn't want us to see. Ten of room. What about the, like that. What about know, the basement? We could have used our advantage. The, the basement, basement. There, yeah. The there is so much weird shit. That little girl, your neighbor, your neighbor's kid, Andy. She's making all those weird drawings and mentioning this little boy. I, I did <sighs> tell my daughters to stay away, at least stay away from the basement. You got to get out there's of a, there. There's a dead I, I kid in the basement. Yes. He died. What was the date? Quite a while back. And all the little children still see him down there. At some point, we should flip through this book. I don't know. Maybe it'll. I don't know. You know. Yeah. I mean, it would. It would. It would be. 
it would be obviously ridiculous if we could make sense of this and tell you some sort of story. But right now, it just seems like we've stumbled into something that means us harm and means other people harm, and we don't know what the hell is going on. Well, you're learning things and you're discovering things, and this thing is trying to slow you down, it sounds like. We're guessing, but... We're guessing based on things that have been given to us. We don't know if, I mean, for all we know, it could be a serial killer that was hiding in the shadows and doing nasty shit to us. And it doesn't seem like that's possible. But she left a dress in my apartment, an old black ball gown. What? Yeah. I, I got home. My lights were turned out. I uh, I stumbled around looking for the breakers. I went into the closet and I suddenly put my hands into this fluffy, you know, damask uh, dress and uh, pulled it out. And when the lights went on, it was this black dress like somebody from 100 years ago would wear to a ball. And I wasn't mine. And we saw that lady. I showed you the picture. Look, look, I will even show you the picture right now. The, the, the article about the opening of that apartment building, and it was the same woman we saw. And Elizabeth Salmon. Elizabeth Salmon. 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 So you think that the lady in this picture is the same lady that you saw in the road? That Looks just like her. It, I mean, or she has, a, I don't know, genetics run strong in the family or something. Wow. That's, um, there's been a lot of debate in, uh, occult academia of whether things like this can even be caught on film um so i mean besides this i mean you might be sitting on something that would completely overrun the academic community in this line of work I, w I would think that if it can push you into the street or affect reality then at that moment it, it certainly could be photographed why not and how long ago was this original article with the photograph written 1800s Thanks. Huh. Like late 1800s, I believe. So we'll give you all of the material that we've collected so far. We can make photocopies of it and give it to you. Well, yeah, um, we have Frank's journal. We have there's all kinds of stuff. God, I just wonder what he had in that room in that bookstore that's been lost forever. We got some of the stuff. We have some of it, yeah. Okay. So Milton. I understand that you have gone to the bar. Yeah, just sort of um, in my drinks kind of thing. Excellent. So this is what happens. You step into this dimly lit bar and you there's a seat open at the counter. The bar itself. Take a seat. There's a fairly younger woman at the bar. She's tending it. And she says, uh, hi, my name's Clara. What can I get you? We'll come again. Uh, sir, um, what, what can I get you? Oh, um, uh, just a, just a whiskey will be, will be fine. Coming right up. Name tag, Clara. 
uh, Milton will um, uh, stagger back and then say, yeah, uh, what is your, uh, uh, hey, what's your name? My name's Clara. I just told you. <laughs> Milton uh, makes his way for the exit, not even particularly fast, just sort of walking speed. Uh, leaves the building and then um, is it, it, as he gains a bigger distance on the bar, he keeps like checking his eyes and blinking and trying to recalibrate himself and see if he's feeling all right. Well, let's see. Let's make a sandal for that one. It's just zero one. That's a fail. Okay. So, back of your head, you just think, that makes three. Three Clarence. Meanwhile, back in the hospital, are you all staying there for the night? Are you going to fall asleep? Are you going to try and keep yourself awake? Are you heading back? Let me no, know. I mean, I'm sure Nathaniel will probably stay in the hospital because his wife's there. But okay, well, I'm going. I'm going home. I'm going home too. I'm kind of afraid to go home, but I just live down the street, so. Okay, so, and Andy, you're also heading back to the three sisters? I'm wondering if, depending on the time, he would like to make a confession at a local uh, cathedral. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you step inside. You feel at peace, we think. Yeah, um, Andy just takes in the moment uh, if anything he feels at peace is what he used to do um he'll say a few prayers before um stepping into hopefully there's someone at the confession uh confession booth um he steps yeah in. they can do that yeah. and they basically ask you they go through the motions of and they ask like what would you like to confess um, I would. He's stumbling through his words and says that what I would like to confess is that I might that something has happened back in Los Angeles. I think something came back with me that is haunting me. Uh, there was this young man who confessed to me of committing murder out of impulse, but. He complained that there was an old, long-haired woman who was constantly crying, telling him this. But uh, I pleaded to him to confess to his crimes. I was not. I was not sure if I would be I was not sure if I would come to the conclusion that he is possessed or being haunted by something. I advised him to get help. But unfortunately, later on, the news came out that this young man was committing uh, murder. I felt I can't help but feel responsible for not helping him sooner. And now this long-haired woman, it might be coming after me. 
if anything, I'm, I'm confessing for. I was unable to help this young man, and now I am paying for my sins for not helping him. I'm afraid to even tell this to my friends and how they're going to think about this. I almost feel responsible that I might be the one who brought this, this darkness here. Um, I don't know what they're going to say. I'm afraid they might even cast me away. Um, I just want to build up the strength to tell them I'm just not sure right now. I fear that my soul is at is at stake. Place your trust in God. He is a merciful father who wants to forgive you. Now your penance should be service for the community. Mm -hmm. Three times a week. And then yeah. he goes and does more prayer. Uh, thank you, Father. Um, I will do that. I'll, I'll start as soon as possible. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, what time is it right now uh, at this point? It's it's close to 10 p.m. now. It's getting late. Yeah, um, after that, uh, he says thank you and starts walking out of the cathedral to... He'll, he'll be able... He more will just pay, like, get a taxi or something and get back home immediately instead of taking the train. Excellent. So you call taxi, and some of you head home. Nathaniel, you're sitting there, right? Watching over Brenda with your wife, Clara. Yeah. Excellent. There, as you're sitting in the chair, monitors, stable, lights flicker again. Clara has fallen asleep. too much coffee recently so i'm not sleepy and lots going on so i'm pretty wired okay so i'm just probably reading through a book that i brought because i knew i'd probably be waiting for a while and maybe writing down some things some thoughts that i have as they occur to me about this whole case all right i'd like you to make a power roll for me please That's a success. Okay. As you're sitting there, lights flickering occasionally, which is a little strange because once again, you're in the hospital, they should have backup generators. There's not a peep from the outside world. The curtain is drawn, but you're sitting there and hear a woman's voice in the distance. We were there when you first came into this world. Do you remember? My sister held you in her arms while my sister gently opened your eyelids with her thumb. And I blew the first breath into your lungs. Likewise, will we be there on your dying bed? My sister will hold your hand 
My sister will kiss your lips and draw the last breath from your lungs. And I, it will be my hand that stills your heart. Do I feel like that was directed at me or can I just like rationalize what kind of weird shit's going on in the hallway? Oh, you wake up next to Clara. I'm going to try my best to remember all that and write it down. Okay. Is Clara still sleeping? Yeah, she is. This will let her sleep, but that was the weirdest damn thing. Sort of wake up with my reading glasses down low and book on my chest. And the, the voice stops when I wake up? Of course. What voice? It's hmm. a little weird. Sounds like some of that stuff these ever deal with. All right, well, I'm going to swap over to Rooster as he arrives home. What are you doing? Well, I'm going to go in. I'm, I'm waiting for lights to flicker, but nothing apparently happens. So I, I go yeah. into my apartment, turn on the lights. Um, okay. It's 10 o'clock, you said? Yeah, it's about 10 p.m. It's pretty dark. I, uh, I look over at my uh, answering machine, see if it's blinking. Uh, if it's not, then I, I will fix myself uh, a, a drink, and a hot toddy, and uh, drink that, think about it for a little bit, and then uh, get ready and go to bed. Probably take a shower before I go to bed. Okay. Yeah, so you take a shower, and you head to bed. Tonight you dream of that same white blizzard. the cracking ice, the frigid cold on your face, and your brother's voice. Why did you leave me? I couldn't get to you. You were under the ice. I tried. I didn't want to go in myself. And then that white, blinding snow turns into darkness. Antonio. Oh, sorry. June. You're heading home? Yes. Yep, I will get home, turn on every light in the apartment, look in every closet under all of the beds, feed the cats, and go to sleep with the TV on and all the lights on, too. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, you, you try to sleep. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Give me a power roll. Uh, that is probably not a success. Let me check. No, that is a failure. Okay. Well, tonight you toss and turn as you, your mind just conjures up memories of your ex-husband, Chris. And it's the, you experience the heavy guilt just weighing heavily in your chest why didn't it work out? Am I not good enough? 
Yeah, Horrible. That'll definitely keep me up. Yeah. Horrible. Milton, you have walked out of the bar. You've stepped onto the city streets. It's dark. The only lights are from the adjacent buildings, the, the buildings on either side of the streets and the street lamps. Completely sober without having actually um, drunk anything. He's looking for what's the quickest way for him to actually get home? Probably an Uber. Actually, no, there's no Uber in 2000. <laughs> a taxi or a the taxi. train. The train is still running because right, the last train, the train is at around one. He'll go to the train and he's reeling, thinking of his, um, thinking of his, his ex, Clara, and how he feels that he's hurt her. And um, on the train ride home, he's almost avoiding people because he doesn't want anyone to tell him that they're named Clara. So yeah. he's like, he's just keeping a distance. From... You notice some old ladies too, like sitting on the train. There's a tiny old Asian woman, once again, clutching a plastic bag full of groceries. Uh, you think she's the... looking at you? I don't return the, I don't return the stare. Okay. Excellent. So you get off the train. And you head home. What's home look home life look like? Because I understand you spent last night at uh, Roosters. Uh, his his home is he's got a television on a wardrobe, and then his bed, and that's his room. And his other is like his other room in his apartment is like a hallway with the kitchen, and he. He gets on his bed, um, he gets in his bed, he lays down uh, and his eyes are open and they remain, he remains just lying down the entire night without sleeping. Without sleeping, okay. Yeah, I'll take a power roll for that though. See if you actually do keep yourself awake. succeed okay so then yes you do keep yourself up awake you do not sleep nothing happens to you you lay there in bed just alone in your thoughts this lonely crushing thoughts and last but not least let's go to andy yep What is your plan after you step out of the church? Um, he did. Yeah, he's going to call a taxi to get back to the apartment. Okay. He's dreading to go back, but he has to face it. And it's um, there. It's looming over you as you step out of the taxi. The mural of the three women. They're there. It's almost like they're accusingly staring at you. Yeah. Um, he's... Even with the limp, he's going to walk upstairs okay. as carefully as he can. And um, 
go to his apartment, uh, apartment six, if I remember correctly. Unlocking the door and opening it, uh, your wife is, uh, fiance, sorry, yeah. is asleep on the couch. And there's like a half built desk. Oh. Um, he is not gonna bother her. Uh, he is gonna go to to the bathroom to take a quick shower. Um, all right. And so you you get washed up and all that. Are you trying to stay up or are you sleeping? What he's gonna do is that he's gonna say three Hail Marys before going to bed. Um, up, and of course he'll take a he'll take a check on his uh, on his uh, daughters um, to see if they're sleeping. Soundly. They're tucked in. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So and I will take a power roll then. All right. Oh, that's uh, um hard success. Okay. Yeah, you drift away and it is the next morning hey alex yep um i'm assuming that we can send text messages and stuff so yeah you can uh, um, you could have uh, exchanged phone numbers and all that yeah so i'm gonna send a text message maybe make a group chat and um ask them hey is there any significance to sisters three of them Boy, Everyone. is there. So you Everyone wake up. Typing. Typing. Everyone is typing. <laughs> oh, bubbles. <laughs> Andy is saying yes, yes, yes. It's the name of the it's the name of the apartment building that Andy stays in, the three sisters. Refers to the three mothers, the three witches, the three. You live in an apartment building named the three witches? No, the three Andy sisters. Had, yeah. Okay. I, I lived at three sisters. Excellent. Well, I move out of there. Um, anyways, <laughs> yeah. So I, I I I just explain and um, maybe uh, just briefly until we can all meet up in person. That uh, you know, I had a pretty interesting dream last night that involved three sisters, um, and uh, it got pretty wacky and something about bringing me into the world, taking me out, and this. We need to read that book. I think Nathaniel, unfortunately, you may be initiated at this point into the bad luck club because uh, we've all had weird dreams. You wanna do you wanna meet for breakfast this morning? Uh there's a little place down the street called Nicobella's. Oh, yeah, I thought we're gonna go back to Dunks. Yeah, Brenda just had to get in a car accident. All right, so you're heading over to Nicobella's. All right. Um there's a knock on your door, Andy, before you as you're getting ready. Okay. And he opens the door. Uh, it's Kurt. Oh, uh, uh, Kurt. Uh, hi. Uh, um, how have you been? Uh, uh, I've I've been better, but I'm well, trying to good. do stuff that cheers me up. Um, do you want to like have a dinner at my apartment tonight? Uh, Maddie and I will cook. Uh, sure. Uh, that, that would be lovely. Great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and any food allergies? I should uh, no. Uh, Okay, no, not cool. at all. Uh, I'm not picky. 
All right, and then maybe we can like watch a movie or something. Just something to get my mind off, our minds off of this weird shit. Uh, can you can you tell the rest? Like six, good. Oh yeah, uh, sure. Um, I mean, would you mind if I, in, I mean, invite my fiance and I mean yeah. my kids? Yeah, I'd love that. Oh uh, sure. Uh, yeah, that that would be quite lovely. At six, sounds great. All right, cool. And he looks really happy and runs off. Okay. And you are uh, no, sorry. Oh, it's no. just that uh, Andy uh, will inform like Laura and also the daughters. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna have a a dinner uh, next door with uh, Kurt and Maddie. It's gonna be quite lovely. At least for yeah, that that sounds really wonderful, dear. <laughs> And I'll I'll help you um I'll help you with that desk. I just need to step out for a moment. Oh, okay. Okay. Just don't tie yourself out. Just let me know any emergencies. Uh, please let me know immediately. You will be the first one I notify. Okay. Uh, thank you, Laura. And yeah, that's when he goes out. All right. And you all meet up at this breakfast diner. The food is excellent. So, what's your plan for today? Or you you've all met up. Nathan, uh, Nathaniel's there. Uh, it looks like Milton has not slept at all. He looks like garbage. Milton, you're going to have to sleep at some Where point. Where did you wander off to yesterday anyway, Milton? You just... Well, for, let me answer one at a time. Rooster, who says I didn't sleep? And uh, June, I... Uh... I thought I'd I thought I'd go home a little early. I I, I was um, um I, I guess that's not what what happened. I, I I went to I went to go drink and um the, it, it sounds so stupid, but the waitress there was named Clara, and so was uh, Nathaniel's wife. Nathaniel's wife and it, it, it brought me back to places I didn't want to go and I don't know I felt we're, we're, we're we all, all feel we're like all this. under a lot of stress yeah. yeah yes so what's the deal here with the threes and the three sisters so let me let me tell you what I heard and, and then we can go from there so, I can't remember it word for word, but there was a distinct voice that I heard as I was drifting in and out of consciousness. And it was something along the lines of, uh, we were here when you first came into the world. Uh, my sister held you in her arms. Then uh, other sister gently opened your, your eyes with a thumb, I think. Uh, and uh, the one talking said that she blew the first breath into my lungs and uh, that they're going to be there when I die, too. Um, one of the sisters is going to hold my hand. The other one will uh, kiss me and draw the breath out of my lungs. And the other one is going to stop my heart. You've just Sounds told like us is just about the most detail we've ever heard from these uh, entities. Um, 
So what, what's your involvement with this? What, 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 what do you know about that? So the apartment building, three? Uh, yes, uh, that's where I'm currently staying, but I am in the process of moving. Uh, I'm just need to find an apartment that my fiance can I, uh, and I can afford. It, it was a, yeah, it was a hasty decision, but you know. Well, I'd rather live under an overpass than uh, any apartment building called the Three Sisters anymore. I mean, dude, you've read a lot. So is it something you read somewhere? Some poems? Some... You know, in a lot of literature, folklore, uh, it goes into the occult as well. I mean, there are themes of three. Uh, so that's not particularly uncommon, uh, though this is pretty specific to what you folks are dealing with now. Um, but again, I don't have enough information to really narrow it down to what exactly we're dealing with here. Um, still too general. Well, um, uh, you see Andy, like take a very deep breath. Well, if you want to look into some type of, uh, something happened, this was prior to, I, prior to when I was moving here, um, there was uh, there was an incident. At least uh, a big news article in Los Angeles um, about a man who have been found committing murder, um, and he is struggling to say this. Uh, this man um, confessed to me before he was found out. And he talked about how he was driven to murder by a long-haired woman who was constantly crying. Crying? Yes. Lacrimorum is, is tears. One of the three sisters. And if, if this makes it any stranger, I was, it was at the Lady of, it's at the Church of Lady Guadalupe. That's where oh. I was when I was a, a priest. Um, yeah. Where was it, that in Los Angeles? It, yes. Um, oh. I, I was a I was a priest at the Our, Our Lady of Guadalupe Church, um, and this man confessed to me. I didn't jump into conclusions right away because he just sounded very sick. Uh, I didn't really. I, if anything, I. I have performed some exorcisms. What's the name of this man? This man, uh, he did not um, tell me his name. Of course, these confessions are uh, confidential. Right. But if you can look through the articles back in Los Angeles, you might be able to find it. Um, if anything, I fear that may be upon, I almost feel guilty, honestly that I might have brought this darkness back to you. I'm sorry. No. Andy, you don't have anything to apologize for. It isn't on you. You're only responsible for something if it was in some way intentional, which of course couldn't be the case here. I think we should, we should look into Mary before this particular lead, though I do think it's real and we should try to find out, um, uh, we should try to well, find out who this murderer is. Except there is a weird connection there from what you just right. said, because 
tenebrarum is darkness. We're seeing darkness. Now, you're talking about an old lady who is crying all the time, tears, lacrimarum. Suspiriorum is sighs, whatever that means. But you were saying, Nathaniel, that poem, you know, I opened your eyes, I breathed your first breath into you, sighs. This is all making some sort of weird sense. Also, poetically speaking, sizes can be yearning. Yearning, that's interesting. So what about the bridge of size? But that holds a different meaning, doesn't it? I think that's a place, isn't it? Yes, but it has a... I can't remember correctly. It's a place, but it has some... Something about... It's been named the bridge of size because prisoners walk upon this bridge and they're sighing because they're something like that. You can be more than welcome to check on that, but that's the only conclusion. That's the only thing that popped up in my head. Yearning or despair, I think it's maybe a cross-section of that. Yeah. So Nathaniel mentions opening the eyes, breathing life, breathing the breath, using their hand to stop my heart. And babies cry. And then you get old, you die, you they take you back into the darkness. There's tears when people die. It all sounds very religious. I wonder if the book would give us any more. Let's let's read the damn book. Of course. We haven't read the book. Let me take a look at that. Lavana and Our Ladies of Sorrow, Thomas de Quincey. Oftentimes at Oxford I saw Lavana in my dreams. I knew her by her Roman symbols. Who is Lavana? Reader, that do not pretend to have much leisure for very much scholarship, you will not be angry with me for telling you. Lavana was the Roman goddess that performed for the newborn infant the earliest office of ennobling kindness, typical by its mode of that grandeur which belongs to man everywhere, and of that benignity and powers invisible which even in pagan worlds sometimes descends to sustain it. At the very moment of birth, just as the infant tasted for the first time the atmosphere of our troubled planet, it was laid on the ground, but immediately, Lest so grand a creature should grovel there for more than one instant, either the paternal hand as proxy for the goddess Lavana, or some near kinsman as proxy for the father, raised it upright, bade it look erect as the king of all this world, and presented its forehead to the stars, saying, perhaps in his heart, behold what is greater than yourselves. This symbolic act represented the function of Lavana, and that mysterious lady who never revealed her face except to me in dreams, but always acted by delegation and her name from the Latin verb, as still it is the Italian verb, lavare, to raise aloft. This is the explanation of Lavana, and hence it has arisen that some people have understood by Lavana the tutelary power that controls the education of the nursery. She that would not suffer at his birth even a prefigurative or mimic degradation for her awful ward, far less could be supposed to suffer the real degradation attaching to the non-development of his powers. She therefore watches over human education. 
Now the word educo, with the penultimate short, was derived by a process often exemplified in the crystallization of languages from the word educo, with the penultimate long, whatever educes or develops, educates. By the education of Levana, therefore, is meant not the poor machinery that moves by spelling books and grammars, but by that mighty system of central forces hidden in the deep bosom of human life, which by passion, by strife, by temptation, by the energies of resistance, works forever upon children, resting not night or day any more than the mighty wheel of day and night themselves, whose moments, like restless spokes, are glimmering forever as they revolve. If then these are the ministries by which Levana works, how profoundly must she reverence the agencies of grief? But you, reader, think that children are not liable to such grief as mine. There are two senses in the word generally, the sense of Euclid, where it means universally, or in the whole extent of the genus, and in a foolish sense of this word, where it means usually. Now, I am far from saying that children universally are capable of grief like mine, but there are more than you ever, ever heard of who die of grief in this island of ours. I will tell you a common case. The rules of Eton require that a boy on the foundation should be there twelve years. He is superannuated at eighteen, consequently he must come at six. Children torn away from mothers and sisters at that age not unfrequently die. I speak of what I know. The complaint is not entered by the registrar as grief, but that it is. Grief of that sort, and at that age has killed more than have ever been counted amongst its martyrs. Therefore it is that Levana often communes with the powers that shake a man's heart. Therefore, it is that she dotes on grief. These ladies, said I softly to myself, on seeing the ministers with whom Levana was conversing, these are sorrows, and they are three in number, as the graces are three, who dress man's life with beauty. The parkoi are three, who weave the dark iris of man's life in their mysterious loom, always with colors sad in part, sometimes angry with tragic crimson and black. The Furies are three, who visit with retribution called from the other side of the grave offenses that walk upon this, and once even the muses were but three, who fit the harp the trumpet, or the lute to the great burdens of man's impassioned creations. These are the sorrows, all three of whom I know. The last words I say now, but in Oxford I said, one of whom I know and the others too surely I shall know, for already in my fervent youth I saw dimly relieved upon the dark background of my dreams, the imperfect lineaments of the awful sisters. These sisters, by what name shall we call them? If I say simply the sorrows, there will be a chance of mistaking the term. It might be understood of individual sorrow, separate cases of sorrow, whereas I want a term expressing the mighty abstractions that incarnate themselves in all individual sufferings of man's heart and I wish to have these abstractions presented as impersonations, that is, as clothed with human attributes of life, 
and with functions pointing to flesh. Let us call them, therefore, our ladies of sorrow. I know them thoroughly, and have walked in all their kingdoms. Three sisters they are, of one mysterious household, and their paths are wide apart, but of their dominion there is no end. Them I saw often conversing with Lavana, and sometimes about myself. Do they talk, then? Oh no. Mighty phantoms like these disdain the infirmities of language. They may utter voices through the organs of man when they dwell in human hearts, but amongst themselves there is no voice nor sound. Eternal silence reigns in their kingdoms. They spoke not as they talked with Lavana. They whispered not, they sang not, though oftentimes methought they might have sung. For I upon earth had heard their mysterious, uh, their mysteries, oftentimes deciphered by harp and timbrel, by dulcimer and organ, like God, whose servants they are. They utter their pleasure, not by sounds that perish, or by words that go astray, but by signs in heaven, by changes on earth, by pulses in secret rivers, heraldries painted on darkness, and hieroglyphics written on the tablets of the brain. They wheeled in mazes, I spelled the steps. They telegraphed from afar, I read the signals. They conspired together, and on the mirrors of darkness my eye traced the plots. Theirs were the symbols, mine are the words. What is it the sisters are? What is it that they do? Let me describe their form and their presence, if form it were that still fluctuated in its outline, or presence it were that forever advanced to the front, or forever receded among the shades. The eldest of the three is named Mater Lacrimarum, Our Lady of Tears. She it is that night and day raves and moans, calling for vanished faces. She stood in Rama where a voice was heard of lamentation, Rachel, weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted. She it was that stood in Bethlehem on the night when Herod's sword swept its nurseries of innocence, and the little feet were stiffened forever, which, heard at times as they tottered along floors overheard, woke pulses of love in household hearts that were not unmarked in heaven. Her eyes are sweet and subtle, wild and sleepy by turns, oftentimes rising to the clouds, oftentimes challenging the heavens. She wears a diadem round her head, and I knew by childish memories that she could go abroad upon the winds when she heard the sobbing of litanies or the thundering of organs, and when she beheld the mustering of summer clouds, this sister, the eldest, it is that carries keys more than papal at her girdle, which open every cottage and every palace. She, to my knowledge, sat all last summer by the bedside of the blind beggar, him that so often and so gladly I talked with, whose pious daughter, eight years old, with a sunny countenance, resisted the temptations of play and village mirth to travel all day long on dusty roads with her afflicted father. For this did God send her a great reward. In the springtime of the year, and whilst yet her own spring was budding, he recalled her to himself. But her blind father mourns forever over her. Still, he dreams at midnight that the little guiding hand is locked within his own, 
and still he wakens to darkness. That is now, within a second, and a deeper darkness. This Mater Lacrimarum has also been sitting all this winter of 1844 to 5 within the bedchamber of the Tsar, bringing before his eyes a daughter not less pious that vanished to God not less suddenly and left behind her a darkness not less profound. By the power of the keys it is that Our Lady of Tears glides a ghostly intruder into the chambers of sleepless men, sleepless women, sleepless children from Ganges to Nile, from Nile to Mississippi. And her, because she is the firstborn of her house, and has the widest empire, let us honor with the title of Madonna. The second sister is called Mater Suspiriorum, Our Lady of Sighs. She never scales the clouds, nor walks abroad upon the winds. She wears no diadem, and her eyes, if they were ever seen, would be neither sweet nor subtle. No man could read their story. They would be found filled with perishing dreams and with wrecks of forgotten delirium. But she raises not her eyes, her head on which sits a dilapidated turban, droops forever, forever fastens on the dust. She weeps not, she groans not, but she sighs inaudibly at intervals. Her sister, Madonna, is oftentimes stormy and frantic, raging in the highest against heaven and demanding back her darlings. But Our Lady of Sighs never clamors, never defies, dreams not of rebellious aspirations. She is humble to abjectness. Hers is the meekness that belongs to the hopeless. Murmur she may, but it is in her sleep. Whisper she may but it is to herself in the twilight. Mutter she does at times, but it is in solitary places that are desolate as she is desolate, in ruined cities, and when the sun has gone down to his rest. This sister is the visitor of the pariah, of the Jew, of the bondsman, to the oar in the Mediterranean, galleys, and of the English criminal in Norfolk Island, blotted out from the books of remembrance in sweet far-off England, of the baffled penitent reverting his eyes forever upon a solitary grave, which to him seems the altar overthrown of some past and bloody sacrifice, on which altar no oblations can now be availing, whether towards pardon that he might implore or towards reparation that he might attempt. Every slave that at noonday looks up to the top tropical sun with timid reproach as he points with one hand the earth, our general mother, but for him a stepmother, as he points with the other hand to the Bible, our general teacher, but against him sealed and sequestered. Every woman sitting in darkness without love to shelter her head or hope to illumine her solitude because the heaven-born instincts kindling in her nature germs of holy affections which God implanted in her womanly bosom, having been stifled by social necessities, now burn sullenly to waste like sepulchral lamps amongst the ancients. Every nun defrauded of her unreturning maytime by wicked kinsmen, whom God will judge, every captive in every dungeon, 
all that are betrayed and all that are rejected outcasts by traditionary law and children of hereditary disgrace. All these walk with Our Lady of Sighs. She also carries a key, but she needs it little, for her kingdom is chiefly amongst the tents of Shem and the houseless vagrant of every clime. Yet in the very highest walks of man she finds chapels of her own, and even in glorious England there are some that to the world carry their heads as proudly as the reindeer, who yet secretly have received her mark upon their foreheads. But the third sister, who is also the youngest, hush, whisper whilst we talk of her. Her kingdom is not large, or else no flesh should live, but within that kingdom all power is hers. Her head, turreted like that of Cybele, rises almost beyond the reach of sight. She droops not, and her eyes rising so high might be hidden by distance, but being what they are, they cannot be hidden. Through the treble veil of crepe which she wears, the fierce light of a blazing misery that rests not for matins or for vespers, for noon of day or noon of night, for ebbing or for flowing tide, may be read from the very ground. She is the defier of God. She is also the mother of lunacies and the suggestress of suicides. Deep lie the roots of her power, but narrow is the nation that she rules. For she can approach only those in whom a profound nature has been upheaved by central convulsions, in whom the heart trembles and the brain rocks under conspiracies of tempest from without and tempest from within. Madonna moves with uncertain steps, fast or slow, but still with tragic grace. Our Lady of Sighs creeps timidly and stealthily, but this youngest sister moves with incalculable motions, bounding and with tiger's leaps. She carries no key, for, though coming rarely amongst men, she storms all doors at which she is permitted to enter at all, and her name is Mater Tenebrarum, Our Lady of Darkness. These were the Semni Thiae, or Sublime Goddesses. These were the Eumenides, or Gracious Ladies, so-called by antiquity in shuddering propitation. Of my Oxford dreams Madonna spoke. She spoke by her mysterious hand, Touching my head, she said to Our Lady of Sighs, and what she spoke translated out of the signs which, except in dreams, no man reads, was this. Lo, here is he whom in childhood I dedicated to my altars. That this is he that once I made my darling, him I led astray, him I beguiled, and from heaven I stole away his young heart to mine. Through me did he become idolatrous, and through me it was, by languishing desires, that he worshipped the worm and prayed to the wormy grave. Holy was the grave to him, lovely was its darkness, saintly its corruption. Him, this young idolater, I have seasoned for thee, 
dear gentle sister of sighs. Do thou take him now to thy heart and season him for our dreadful sister. And thou, turning to the mater tenebrarum, she said, Wickedest sister, that tempest and hatest, do thou take him from her. See that thy scepter lie heavy on his head. Suffer not woman and her tenderness to sit near him in, the, in his darkness. Banish the frailties of hope. Wither the relenting of love. Scorch the fountain of tears. Curse him as only thou canst curse. So shall he be accomplished in the furnace. So shall he see the things that ought not to be seen sights that are abominable, and secrets that are unutterable. So shall he read elder truths, sad truths, grand truths, fearful truths. So shall he rise again before he dies, and so shall our commission be accomplished, which from God we had, to plague his heart until we had unfolded the capacities of his spirit. You're talking about size and being uh, longing and all that, right, Milton? Well, halfway yes. through this, it's talking about uh, <clears throat> the second sister is called Mater Suspiriorum, Our Lady of Size. Does seem almost Freudian in the way that it's talking about symbology and. Um, uh, it seems to have an interest in a unconscious world over a conscious world. And three can id eco super eco. Why right. is it always three? So we've got that lines them out here. Um, Our Lady of Sighs, Darkness, and Tears. I look. I don't know. I. I don't have much of a head for any of this. Should some of us go see if we can talk to Mary? Oh, yes. I I can go talk to Mary. Oh, I'll, I'll be more than happy. You, if you like, if you want the company. Uh, that would be great. Um, if anything, everyone seems to view her as weird. There might be more to it, hopefully. Hopefully yeah. it's just rumors. Maybe we stop by a bakery and like bring her something nice because we are kind of like intruding on her space a little bit, you know, like some cookies yeah. or something. Yeah, some some that's that's a good idea. Uh, and off. What do you think, Rooster? You're a bit of a an investigator. Do you want to come with us, or are you going to stick around and read? I mean, if if you want me to come along, I'm getting really reluctant to go into that damn building. I know. I'll come I, here. I just I don't I don't want what happened to Brenda to happen to us, and I feel like we need answers. I don't want them books what happened to the bookstore that under too to all of these of terrible things are happening and it just feels like we're next actually a rooster is it possible for you to go back to the bookstore or it might be closed because of i think course. it's half burnt yeah, down probably there might be something you could, like drive by and see what the state of it is you know like there might be something house. salvageable but that well means... if there was something salvageable i doubt that it would be in the room where all of the important stuff was because that's where the fire was that's a good point. There was a there was a large section of uh, Western erotica that uh, I'm sure didn't get burned. Well, you can stop by and pick up that. I'll 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 drive by, but 
I mean, they're not going to let anybody got, just go in and pick through it, but I don't know. The, the question is, is if the book that we grabbed was actually something in the shop or if it was something he just grabbed out of uh, around of writer's collection. Are you friends with the guys over at the fire department rooster or was that Brenda? Uh, a know. police detective. Okay. You can roll credit Someone, rating. I'm wondering... Was there like an accelerant used? How did this guy even light himself on fire? I didn't smell anything. I, honest to God, think that he just lit the hem of his pants on fire and then just stood there. And people don't go up that, I mean, not people, anything like nothing goes up that fast. It was in there for a couple of minutes before we even noticed. You're right. Oh, uh, Andy's going to pipe up. Well, um, oh, yes, Uh, uh, Kurt. Uh, knocked on the door. Um, uh, he has invited me over for dinner. I'm with Maddie uh, at six. Really? Yeah. Do you want all of us to come? I mean, I already invited myself. I was not really sure because I already invited my, myself. I mean, you know, neighbors meet each other. But I, I cannot help but be anxious, very anxious about it. I'm, I, I'll ask Kurt again if I can invite <laughs> more people, but it's kind of a small apartment. Um, I was just not sure uh, because I'll be a lot of people. I don't know how much food they're going to make. Mm. Well, you can always just ask. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask him. I think uh, Alex says, I think Andy has like a, Kurt's number at some point, right? Or, oh, yeah, he's got that. You going to send him a text or are you going to call him? I just gotta send a text then. Like, hey, is it possible if I can invite uh, my friends over as well? Yeah, he sends you a message back after a few minutes. Uh, I'd love to have him over. Well, let's okay. bring some f- extra food. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he sounds in better spirits actually. Um, he's oh, saying good. he's doing a lot better. Um, he's getting his mind off of things and doing things to be happy. And he said he's gonna watch a movie. Hopefully it's not too scary for the kids. If not, I'll just put them to bed early if it's going to be a scary movie. Okay, so you're driving by Nagel's books? I, I did not pass my credit rating. But... All right, so you don't know anyone in the fire department? Right. Uh, yeah, I'll drive by. Yeah, so it looks like the back half, the section with the employee area and some books, that's just gone up. It smells like smoke. The front half, the one with his desk and his computer, they're still fine. There's some police tape over the door, but there's no one like on guard or anything. Okay. Well, uh, if I get caught, I'm insurance investigating. So I can use that as my excuse. Wonderful. All right. I'll go in. Okay. Give me a spot hidden. I got an 89. Okay. And I'm assuming that's failure. That's that's a pretty bad failure. Okay. So where are oh, you wait looking a second, in wait particular? A second. Oh, Actually, maybe. my spot hidden is 75. Mm-hmm. If you want to spend luck, you're welcome to. I'll spend 14 luck. Okay. So it looks like on his desk, he had a book like that he was reading Mm -hmm. and that was 
it's a book called The Terror That Comes in the Night by David J. Hufford. Terror That Comes in the Night. Um, I'll pick it up and take a look at it. All right. Picking up the book, it's almost like a a study about night hags, sleep paralysis, and I do have an excerpt here. Sleep paralysis again. Uh, let's see. The following outline summarizes the initial findings concerning the nature and frequency of the experience description. Primary features, definitive. Subjective impression of wakefulness, uh, immobility, variously perceived paralysis, restraint, fear of moving, realistic perception of actual environment and fear. Secondary features reported more than once. Most experiences contain at least one, often more. Uh, one, sublime position, uh, very common. Feeling of presence, common. Feeling of pressure, usually on chest, common. Uh, numinous uh, quality, common. Fear of death, uh, somewhat common. Um, numinous, numinous. I'll have to look up that word. Uh, number two, frequency and distribution. Uh, overall, 23% of sample uh, by sex. The difference in number of uh, positive reports is not significant. Pattern of reoccurrence, once only or once and occasionally with intervals of months or years, most common. One or more runs of frequent attacks lasting one or, one or two weeks sometimes and frequent chronic attacks over a long period, rarely. So this is telling me about my own experiences of sleep paralysis, that it does often feel like there's something. It's a fairly common experience. Um, interesting. I will, I'm not sure how relevant, but I think I'll take this little okay. text with me to show the others. Now make an idea of what? Uh, that is a pass, but see, uh, it is a, oh, it's a hard pass. All right. Okay. This was on his desk. This is recent. This is something that he was reading. Mm -hmm. Why? Probably because uh, he'd gone through some of the uh, writer's stuff. I wonder if there was something more than what we found. Uh, I'm going to work my way back to the burn area and see if there's more notes, a journal, something that survived the fire. All of Frank Ryder's stuff is just incinerated. His awards that you haven't taken, Everything. they've just melted. But the other books, they've just somehow survived. The other books on... Uh, in his backroom storage area. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them have gotten out okay. The fire department was able to salvage that. But all of Frank's stuff is just gone. Something directly went after Frank's stuff. So the where the lady went after Frank and drove him into the street and he was killed. He was doing research on, we'll assume... 
Mother Darkness and her relationship to people having sleep paralysis. And I wonder, I, I, I'm trying to recall what uh, Richard Ahern's book, uh, Paramental Factor, had to do with sleep paralysis. It seemed to me that it did have a lot to do with sleep paralysis. Um, I shall contemplate these things. I will I'll grab what I can out of here that okay. seems relevant to the, the thing. Um, one more thing in your reasoning. There wouldn't be a reason for Nagel to just look up sleep paralysis related things just from Frank's collection because you took all of that. Plus, maybe he was having sleep paralysis as well. Definitely seemed to be possessed by something. I saw the darkness come out of him. Hmm. I'm going to go to his occult section and see if there's anything that we haven't found that might be relevant to this. You're, you're muted. So as you're spending a little bit more time in this burnt out bookstore, I'd like you to roll a luck roll because you, you managed to slip in without being noticed. Yeah, I got a, I passed. Okay. So then that means you are unmolested by any past buyers. Yeah. Okay. So yes, you're looking through his occult section. You don't find anything relevant towards the the three sisters. Um, maybe like mi mythology books that include you know, goddesses in threes. Right. But nothing directly. Is there anything on his computer that he was looking up? before he uh... uh well his computer is off and you don't know his password mm -hmm. anything else in the glass cases that looks yeah there's some rare books there's Stephen King what's that doing in here <laughs> um all right I think uh, I think I shall think about these things and take it take what I have with me. Okay, and then you're going to head over to the three sisters' apartment, meeting everyone up again. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. And I know Andy was getting pastries. Uh, you want to Mike's pastries to get some? Yeah, uh, June and goodies. I decided to get some pastries for Mary. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Goes off without a hitch. Everything seems kind of normal now. But that's because it's daytime. Eventually, you all find yourselves at the Three Sisters apartment. Some college kids are just loitering around there. Not to no good. One of them is trying to do skateboard tricks off the curb. That's Danny. They pay you no mind. Do you keep going? 
Yeah. Okay. Going to the apartment. All right. So you head up the stairs up to the third floor. They creak every step of the way. And you head over to apartment 10. Who knocks? Uh, I'll knock. All right. There's some footsteps stumbling towards the door. And door opens up. You can see the chain taut. There's an old woman's face staring at you. The circular eyeglasses. You can see her crimson and pearl half and half sweater. Uh, she's quite short, but she looks at you. Does she look like a crone? She does not. Behind her, you can see that her wall is lined with crosses. She hands you a Bible, Andy. Oh, uh, uh, thank you. I've been meaning Wordlessly. To... Just... Oh, uh, uh, thank you. Close, starts to close the door slowly. No, 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 uh, uh, Mary. Uh, she stops. Hello, uh, my name is Antonio. I, me and my family just moved here. And, uh... And here, I just want to be, you know, a good neighbor, and we bought some pastries for you. We're, and friend, I, and we're his friends. And and, and also, uh, Mary, I'm also a man of God as well. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> takes, takes the pastries. Yeah. I'm just wondering if I'm... I, I mean, I'm still trying to get to know the tenants here. Uh... Sooner we can talk for a little bit. Some. Yeah, I'd like persuade with a bonus die. Okay. And with the bonus die, it's just a uh, reroll. Yeah, an extra one. an extra percentile die, and then you okay. take the lower. Oh, still the same, fifty-four. But I'll, I'm willing to spend luck to make it into a success. Wonderful. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, chain unbolts, unlocks, whatever. All right. Come on in. And she opens the door up. Once again, that wall is just covered in crosses. And then the other wall's covered in crosses. And there is an old people smell that just hits you. And she waddles away into the room. Hey, Mary, you got enough crosses in here? What's the deal? I'm very faithful. I I can I can tell. It's uh are like all the crosses the same? Are they like crosses from different arrows or something? What, what does it look like? Oh yeah, they're all different. All it's different. like she collects them. Do you think of these crosses as protecting you from anything uh, emanating from this building? Vampires. <laughs> nah, there's no such thing as vampires. Skeptic. Uh, Mary, I'm curious, like, how long have you been here at the Three Sisters? Oh, uh, I've been here for 12 years. Uh, 12 years. Um... Ever, ever met uh, Frank Ryder by any chance? 
She shakes her head. No, I don't know no Frank. Okay, I see. Uh, give me a psychology roll. Ooh, it's a regular success. Okay. You, you think that she's telling the truth, but also not telling the truth? You actually think that she's suffering from dementia. I see. Hmm. Well, uh... Mary, uh, you've been here for 12 years, right? Uh, that is correct. 12 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, ever. This is a long shot. Um, ever experienced anything strange within this apartment for those past 12 years? No, you're the strangest thing that's locked in. Oh, well, that, that, that's fair. Um, Unless everyone wants to take over, he's just kind of like, hmm. he has dementia. Hey, Mary, oh. um, what do you think of, of your neighbors? Oh, well, there's that, uh, that young girl. I don't like how she dresses. You mean Maddie? Yeah. Have you ever noticed a pervert with a camera? Oh, pervert. Uh, I, I don't know. The only cameraman I know is uh, Bobby. What, 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 uh, do you do you think anything about him? Uh, I don't know. He takes good pictures, I guess. I don't really interact with him. Boy, Mary, I'm just. Do you have any coffee or anything? I'm real tired. I uh, I just haven't no. been. Sleeping. No. No. All right. Well. I have tea. Tea? Yeah, that'll. Yeah, it's got caffeine in it. All right. Well, she starts gets out of the chair and starts to waddle away to the kitchen at an excruciatingly slow pace. Uh, 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 uh Mary, may, may I would. Let me let me help you with the tea. Um, how about that? It'll it'll go well with the pastries. Okay. Yeah. How many teas in there? Uh, he, Andy Andy's gonna go in the kitchen making some tea for everybody. Wonderful. I'm looking around the apartment for any. Yeah, same here. All right, give me a spot hidden. If if she's got a dead's head moth on her wall. Break them out. <laughs> no. I have a success. A success? Yes. All right. So, with your success, we will eliminate any possibility of any like weirdness. Mm -hmm. It's just like old lady's, old lady's stuff. house. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She's really religious, but that's the strangest right. thing there. So, in my making small talk with her about, you know, one cup of tea, I mean, I mean small talk's being pretty generous. I'm gonna ask her, you know, you ever have that where you just, you just can't sleep? And I've been having all these weird dreams. No. It sucks. No? 
you I should go know. to church more. Church? In years. I could tell. Eventually, Andy just brings the tea to everybody. Like, here, here's some tea. Um, Thank you, young man. <laughs> you're welcome. And actually, I just went to church uh, yesterday. It's something uh, needed. Very necessary. She nods along. Okay. Uh, uh, Mary, have you ever went to, I mean, ever went to the basement at all? Oh, no. Uh, no? I, I can't do all those stairs anymore. Uh, I, I have Todd do it. Oh, Todd Beach. He's a, he's a sweet young man. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, I'm curious, do you have any problems with the elevator before? Because uh, the other day, my friend, uh, Brenda, and I were moving a desk upstairs for my fiance, but it got stuck. No, I can't say I have. Mm. Say, Mary, do you know Elizabeth Solomon? No. No? She's related to the Tenebrons. Tana what? Uh, the Tenebrarums. There, there's no recollection there. Nothing. Okay. I'm just going to whisper to others that out. What was like this? What was the the person that was this like like invisible thing living in the basement? Oh, it was Will a child. Um, child. William. William. Yes. Does the name William ring a bell to you? Mm. Oh, he's a cute kid. Oh. Oh. What, what, do, you, what do you know about William? Uh, he dresses kind of weird, but I've seen him running around. Around where? Um, Outside the basement? Oh, oh sometimes no. he runs on all up and down the hallways, drives it crazy. And the little girl, what was her name? Uh, that would be Naomi. Yeah, Naomi. yeah. You see her too? Oh, yeah. William's always her. with uh, Naomi. Oh, all the time? Yep. Yeah. Uh, when you say dresses weird, do you mean an like antique, like old clothing? Uh, what do you mean by old? Uh, like, like more than a century, maybe? I, I, I guess. And you 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 have them the little kids draw for you? No, no. I leave them. They alone. were giving you any drawings? No, no. They don't give me drawings. I heard them. I heard them saying that uh, they they stash them away in the basement. I see. Is, is there? Is there a specific place in the basement, a specific room, or was it just that that phrase? I don't know. I don't go in the basement. I'm going to drift out the door and into the hallway because I need to catch my breath and the smell. <laughs> All right. Well, well it was uh, children stashed drawings in the basement. What what's that all about? Two shrugs. They need to go to church. Well, it was wonderful. Uh, it was wonderful having tea with you. Thank you for your time. 
she just nods sagely. Uh, uh, thank you, Mary, uh, for your time. Thank we you very much. We'll, yeah, we won't take too much. Uh, I, I, well, oh, what, you want, what was your name, young man? Uh, Antonio. You can call me Andy. If you want, I, I'll be more than happy to do Bible study with you every Sunday. Oh, pleasure to meet you, Andy. And then she doesn't acknowledge everyone else as she pushes you out the door. And you're a clunk as the lock. Yeah. Well, uh, well, that was that was pretty convincing. She's like, I'm not the witch you're looking for. And we all walk away. You guys, no. There was a part of the basement you tried to get to and you couldn't, right? It was like the boiler right. room. It was... It was locked. locked. I mean, we, Rooster and I just just we we just spent like five minutes or fifty. Yeah, it'd be the storage room that's locked. We well, freaked out. We can get Todd Beach to open it for us, right? I mean, I, thought, I don't know what Milton, would be the reason. Aren't you guys like handy with that kind of stuff, Milton Rooster? Yeah, yeah. Rooster and I both know uh, we, lock picking. I think we tried, didn't we? And... Uh, well, yeah, but all that weird stuff is happening to you. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. You know, Nathaniel, did you have a question? Yeah. yeah, Alex, could I make a psychoanalysis check to see if, you know, if I think what's the nature of her ailment or, or if she was purposely trying to just get us to go away? Okay, so psychology. Psychology would be to do that. Oh, okay. Forget it. But from June's role, she seemed like she wasn't really committing anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, I don't just... reckon she was being evasive and just sort of using that as a convenient excuse to get us to take off? Well, here's the thing. I think, you know, Andy might agree with me on this. Aren't people who suffer from dementia and or drug addiction and or mental illness, aren't they more susceptible to possession? I mean, she seemed pretty religious, so she should be pretty safe, but then you were a priest and you were susceptible. Uh, yes, um, it's just the, the amount of crosses that she has. I just cannot help that she's trying to protect herself from something. She just doesn't seem to remember. That's what she I'm thinking. She didn't act very religious. All she did was say the words, you know, go to church more often. When you say I doubt she's... that she's gone to church in 20 years. <laughs> when you say that she's susceptible to possession, what are you trying to pin on her? She's apparently only been here for a dozen years. Well, no, I'm I'm not pinning anything on her. I'm saying that in in the same way that we now suspect that Aunt, Andy Andy was temporarily possessed we did see an old woman on the street a physical person coming into this building it could have been her possessed and then mm. it let her go and now she's just the same old dotty woman that she's always been alex we have a timeline of events for the apartment building but um you know i think for brevity's sake it kind of stops the record kind of stops in the, the 40s maybe um but yeah yeah did they that. did they kind of keep going or was there this they kept going like, okay you, you just need There's to a lot spend of more time at the library right i got you or the the records yeah i see the latest ones uh at the 60s 
Okay. Mario pig that telly. I was I was just curious if there was like yeah, there's there's still a bit more. Okay, we might might be worth tracking down further, especially in light of Frank's death. Much crazy. Actually, um, can Andy take a look around because I don't know we have some weird tenants here. Let's see if some. When you say look around, what do you want? Um, Where do you want to look? I, I just want to make sure no one's like listening in or something. Or... Where are you? Have you gone back to your apartment? Apartment I'm six? Just, I just imagine that we were just out in the hallway. On oh, the yeah, you're floor. in the hallway. And yeah. uh, Maddie is also on the third floor, right? Or is it fourth? Yeah, yeah. Now that you have asked if, to see if anyone's listening in, mm-hmm. the door is ajar to Robert Dorder's apartment. Have we met him? Or... Yeah, he's the creepy photographer. Oh, God damn it! I don't say it out loud. But Language, Andy. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't say it, but in his thoughts, like, ah, oh, that guy again. Rooster. Just assholes are assholes. Yeah. Well, I, I want to see what the picture, you know, what this business is with the basement. And I think Catching up on the the rest of the history of this building is a good idea too. This photographer, why is he? Why do you have this reaction to him? What have you talked to this guy before? Oh, gosh, he was going to try to extort us. The dark ones. Yeah, because we uh, we were in Ryder's apartment looking through his stuff. Ah, okay. Well. <clears throat> And do I notice that the door closes after we start the talk? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we have to look at the basement. What time is it? We have that dinner. Yeah, it's it's 11. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have time. With the yeah, dinner we tonight, we can go look in the basement. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of you are going into the basement? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, anyway. elevator, stairs, stairs. No, I don't want to go stairs. Stairs. Okay. Once again, you travel. You descend. You were saying, Nathaniel. Yeah, as we're walking down, I go. This guy is trying to extort you, and that's that's a crime. You know, uh, are you very worried about him? Or well, Nathaniel, we weren't exactly supposed to be in the apartment. Uh, after Ryder died, but we told him that we were friends. So this which... guy wanted something. He said he was going to turn you in. Well, he wanted money. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I I intimidated him so that he told him to fuck off. Okay. Well, that's good to know. It sounds like this is the kind of guy that's fishing for any sort of information. So it's a reporter. Everyone in this whole building, except for Andy's family, of course, Andy, sorry. Uh, everyone else in this whole building is just weird. Well, except the old lady. She just seemed like a dotty old lady. Oh, well, yeah. She, yeah, she seems harmless. You know, memory going here and there. Oh. Yeah. So you get to the top of the basement stairs. The light switch is there. The basement is dark. It's cold. You can feel a draft. I'll just Let's, start walking down. Any... It's yeah. completely dark. We'll flip on the light. All right, flip on the light. 
No light? Nothing. Well, Anyone have a pocket flashlight? But then yeah. I would say then you flip it down again and then flip it up and there's light. Hmm. Do it a couple more times. It's weird. No, no problems. Darkness. I don't know. The darkness. Ends to presage bad events. Okay. So all of you go into the basement. Okay. And once again, there's the boiler room, there's the laundry machines, there's a workshop, and there's the storage rooms. I'll try to pick the entrance to the... Um... No need to roll. You unlock it. There's no stakes here, so... Hmm. Click. You get out your lock picks. You unlock the door. The storage room is filled with... Uh, it's sectioned off per, like, each tenant. And there are... There's some cardboard boxes at the, at the edge against the wall. And they're just overflowing with dozens of, of drawings. Drawings of what? So uh, who's going in? Kids are stashing all I, I'm going, going in. I'll go in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So there is a picture of a woman kneeling down amid dozens of crosses and once again this is all in crayon very clearly looks like a 10 year old druid and and they're all signed william as well so in crayon this woman in black she's kneeling amid dozens of crosses like the whole page is like filled up with crosses that's mary yeah there is a lady with three dogs on leashes there's an ornate silver key. There's a golden beetle, as well as dinosaurs eating each other very graphically. Lots of red crayon. And there's more, uh, it looks like cowboys and Native Americans fighting. Once again, liberal application of red crayon. And then there's a picture that catches your attention. It's a man, but his head is a cow skull. Those are at the bottom of the box. And none of them are signed for Naomi. It's all William. No, it's all William. There's a William kid. What do we know about him? Uh, he's died. Um, yeah, he's long dead. 1921, I think he died. Yeah. And nobody, and we can't find any information on what happened. An undisclosed illness. The um, man with the cow skull kind of looks like a Georgia O'Keeffe painting. Yeah. There is one more. There is a picture of a woman standing next to a bridge. She's waving at cars. And, but but the strangest thing is the water line is drawn above the cars. Bizarre surrealism. Yeah, was there some kind of flood? Flood? 
Yeah. A woman standing next to a bridge, and the water is way up high, covering up everything. Yeah. Is she on the bridge? She's on the bridge. Yeah, she's on the same level as the bridge, not on it directly, but right. Yeah. Just, just to make an associative connection, uh, the crosses, biblical floods. Uh, I mean, there's some, there's something there, maybe. Is the woman near the bridge? What is she doing? Is she just standing there? Is there anything that's? Oh, she's waving at the cars. Uh, and then there's one last painting, uh, crayon drawing that we'll end on, and it is a boy with a sad look on his face while he's lying in bed and he's surrounded by three women and uh let's let's end there excellent our players included holly buto chase capener dan depolis uh, uh nell hipple and myself with alex sun as the keeper of the secrets we have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.